0: Today we come uh, to dealing with disorder. We've been dealing with uh, relationships and sometimes uh, the difficulties of it. Don't ever forget relationships are the most powerful things and the most precious things you have. You're not going to take any money with you when you go from here. Uh, You you know, if you have relationships with others who know the Lord, you're going to the Bible even says there are families in heaven. And uh, your relationships should be the most powerful investment you make because they are lasting. Everything else is subject to change. It is God's idea to enter into a relationship. And so we came, uh, we've, we've been talking about several of the uh, difficult things things, and um, today I want to give you a very simple three-step test when things get out of order in regards to your relationships, or really in just about anything, there are three things that we can always look back on and and check on. First of all, let's look at an incredible warning in the book of James, and uh, let's begin in verse 16. For where envy and self seeking, a self centered agenda exists, the King James says strife, where there is envy and striving, self seeking agendas exist, there is confusion and every evil thing are there. I told you. In the last time or two about my own correction about this, sitting in my office one day, 20-some-odd years ago, I was beginning to get stirred up in my inner man in some strife towards somebody that I perceived was coming against me. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me sitting at my desk, and he said to me, if you don't deal with this strife, You're going to open the door to confusion and every evil thing. It will ruin your ministry. What are you going to do? So I said, Lord, that is, uh, you've got my attention. I took out a legal pad, as I told you, and I wrote down, from this day forward, I will not enter into strife with anybody about anything. And over the course of the next 20, 25 years, when strife begins to stir in me, the Lord reminds me of the warning of James 3:16 that if I stay in, a, in an atmosphere of self-seeking, if I stay in an, in an atmosphere of strife, then I'm going to open the door to confusion and every evil thing. I don't really want that, do you? So i got to say that I'm quick to repent when the Spirit reminds me, uh, you're going back there. And it's easy to get there, isn't it? You can get there in your own mind in about, mm, about that long. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take long. So let's be quick to recognize that that striving to get our own agenda, to make people see it the way we see it, come to our way of thinking and, and our way of choosing that that, that strife <coughs> is an internal atmosphere that opens the door for confusion in every evil thing. So when there's disorder, when you begin to sense disorder in your inner man in circumstances or internal relationships or external relationships, begin to ask, your, ask the Holy Spirit this question. What is it that I really deeply want deep down? Am I wanting my own way about something? Do I want somebody to see things the way I see it? Do I want people to see how badly they've hurt me? Do I want for this to be the way I've always dreamt it to be in my mind? Or do I really want for you to be first and foremost and to bring glory to yourself? What is my real motive behind this? Why am I really thinking, speaking, and acting the way I am? Why do I really feel this way? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you don't really see in your emotions. Ask the Holy Spirit to really reveal to you what it is that you're really seeking. And if you're out of line like I've been many times, ask the Holy Spirit to show you (laughs) <laughs> that you're not lining up with what He wants. And be quick to repent about it and, and recognize that He only wants the best for you. His way of getting there is not always your way of getting there. But He always wants what's very best for you. So ask yourself, am I seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His life, His desires, His way of doing things? Or am I still insisting on staying in the manager's seat. You know, nothing, God can't really bless anything until it's released. If you're still holding on to all your money, God can't bless it till you release it to him. If you're still holding on to those relationships and it's got to be in your image and likeness, if you're still holding on to the way the work and the business and everything else, all your friendships, if you're still holding on to those in your grip until you release them to the Lord, he really can't bless them. But boy, can he do a lot with a little. When the little boy came to Jesus after the disciples and their unbelief had said, we don't have enough to feed all these people, you need to send them away. They were, they were good at giving the Lord uh, some, some great ideas, right? Send them away. What did Jesus say, what do you have? God never looks at what you lack, He looks at what you have. What do you have? You do have a level of blessing, you do have a level of health, you do have a level of relationships, you do have a level of something. Let's don't focus on what we don't have. Let's focus on what we do have. When the little boy that was discovered uh, had the, the lunch his mother had packed for him, Jesus said, bring them here to me. And when they were released, and when Jesus blessed them, they were multiplied. I want to tell you something. God can bless and multiply what you're willing to release, but he can't do much when you've got a tight grip on it. Can anybody say amen to that? It's a biblical principle. Um, When I have self-centered motives, I've learned that it blocks my prayer. Okay, you're there in James 3. Now skip down to chapter 4 of James. And let's look at verse 2, the last part of verse 2. You do not have because you do not what? You do not have because you do not what? You ask and do not receive because you ask out of line with the will and the Word of God. You ask amiss, out of line, so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. What it is that would give you pleasure is what you ask for and don't receive. So if I've got self-centered motives, it's going to block my prayers from being answered. I've been praying this diligently, Holy Spirit, revealed to me my motives. Sometimes it's not pretty. And I know none of you would ever have any bad motives, but sometimes mine are not pretty. And uh, the Holy Spirit is very faithful to convict me of sin. That's a good thing. That's his job. I don't want to walk around with, with sin in my heart that's not exposed. That'll block the full embracing of the fellowship and of Jesus. So ask the Holy Spirit to reveal our motives and be quick to confess. I want you to turn to the left with me now, and I want you to see something here in Philippians chapter 2. You know this, but I'm going to bring it back to your mind. Philippians chapter 2. When things are out of order, ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me my motives. If there is strife, if there's a self-sought agenda behind what I'm thinking, speaking, and choosing... Reveal to me that I'm just trying to get my way regardless of what I say. All right? Everybody say this with me. Holy Spirit, reveal to me when I'm just trying to get my way regardless of what I say. See, you can use your words to try to get your way. Am I the only one in the room that does that? Jeez. Boy, y'all are really holy today, aren't you? Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mindset be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the very form of God, he was, was and is and always will be God. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He already was there. But he made himself of no reputation. That is, he laid aside his rights and privileges as God and took the form of a bondservant. A bondservant is somebody who is free but chooses to be subservient. And coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, watch this, Jesus, who was and is and always will be God, When he came to this earth, he humbled himself. He laid aside his rights and privileges as God, and became obedient. He became obedient to the point even of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore, because he humbled himself, therefore God has highly exalted him, And given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and on earth and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does humbling yourself in the eyes of God do? It makes you very attractive to the Lord, and He is looking for ways to exalt you, to promote you when you humble yourself. Jesus said, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted, but if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. Anybody here ever been humbled? Let me get both hands up here. Okay, just, just, just checking. All right. We become very attractive to the Lord when we humble ourselves, and he goes to work to begin to exalt, promote us in due, in due time. First Peter 5 says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. First Peter 5, 5 and 6. So the first thing I do when things are out of order, what I should do is say, what are my motives here? If you're in a disagreement with somebody, if you're sideways, if there is brokenness in your relationships, if, if, if all kind of things are out of whack, even in your circumstances, ask yourself the question, what are my motives? What is it that I'm really seeking? What do I really want to happen? Do I want somebody to get fixed so they'll quit embarrassing me? Or do I want somebody to get lined up with God so they'll really in, in, in embrace life and walk in fullness and wholeness. What are my motives? Second question, where's my mind? Where's my mind? Okay, now, buckle your seatbelt. We're going to go back to a lesson many of you have heard many, many times now, but this is how you work, okay? Everybody say this with me. I have a body I have a soul I am a spirit say it again this way I am a spirit I have a soul I live in a body one more time I am a spirit I have a soul I live in a body okay so your body is got a main player in there it's called a brain if your brain dies or ceases to function your body is not going to be long uh, behind. <clears throat> you, to function in this earth properly, you've got to have a brain that functions to some degree. It's the main player, it's a ma- massive computer. It is absolutely amazing, extraordinary. But that brain is constantly getting information. It's called your senses. You see things. You hear things, you taste things, you smell things, you feel things. And there's all kinds of information coming in to your brain. Okay, but remember this, there is a processor for your brain and it's called your mind. Your mind and your brain are not the same thing. Your brain is part of your body, your mind is part of that spiritual part of you that's gonna live forever. Your spirit and your soul your spirit and your soul are inseparable, but they are distinguishable. Did you get that? They're not the same thing, but they can't coexist apart from one another. Your spirit and soul as a reborn person is going to be forever with Jesus, and you're going to get a brand new body that doesn't have any sin on it. Hallelujah. That's good news. Okay, so you have a processor called your mind that gets all this information from what your brain's telling, how you feel. Whoo, man, your bank account's getting low. He don't like you. You're never gonna do anything. You are, you are nothing but an old addict. You'll never be anything other. Your brain's constantly telling you all this stuff. Your mind has gotta process this information. But I got some good news for you. Your mind is also getting some information from a different source that's more powerful. And that's your spirit man. When you received Jesus as an act of his grace, when you believed on him and invited him into your life, the Holy Spirit came to live in your human spirit and you were born again. And the Holy Spirit is bearing witness in you right now of the truth. The Holy Spirit that is in your spirit, man, is telling your mind the truth. Are you listening? Whatever the information that's dominant in your mind is the information that is going to be in the gateway. Your mind is the gateway into your spirit. Both receiving and giving man okay so let's go here to the left to saint john chapter 14 saint john chapter 14 jesus said right before he left he's talking to the disciples in verse 16 he said john 14:16 i will pray the father and he will give you another helper a paraclete someone just like me who will come alongside that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of what? I said the spirit of who? Truth, verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be where? The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is in you. And guess what? He's always telling you the truth. Do you know that the Holy Spirit never loses his voice and he's always trying to tell you the truth? Why is it so hard, Pastor, to hear the truth? It's because it gets drowned out by all the information that our mind is receiving from our brain and our circumstances and our emotions and everything else that is not filtered through the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Turn back to the left here to John chapter 8. John 8. I know we're getting a little technical here about how you work. But if you don't know how you work, you're going to be busted and don't know what to, how to fix it. Right? Romans 8. I'm sorry, John 8, 31, John 8, 31. If you abide in my words, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How do you know the truth? By abiding in his word. So the Holy Spirit is true teaching and bearing witness in your inner man, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in there trying to tell you the truth. Your body, your brain, your atmosphere, the world, everything around you is telling you lies. But pastor, there's some things that are just... Um, facts. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not telling you that facts aren't facts. He's trying to tell you that facts aren't Lord. And they're subject to change. Well, here's an example. Depending on where you are and what your track record has been, um, your, your body Sees you through the eyes of pain, of brokenness, of despair, of struggle, of inferior choices. It's always feeding you all these bad things you've done. Your body can and does act out of line with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Your mind's going to see you through whatever lens that is dominant in your inner man, either through your body, which is under the influence many times of dem- demons and, the tr- and this world's lies. And always remember this, your emotions always respond to your mind and what's dominant in your mind. So you say, well, I don't feel that way. It doesn't matter. What really it matters is, what's the truth? What's the truth? See, <clears throat> your brain will tell you, well, you're not, you ain't nothing, pardon the English, you ain't nothing but an old addict. That's all you ever will be, that's all you are, that's all you've ever done, So you will be. And your brain will tell you that. And everybody will tell you the way to get out of addiction is to always confess that you're an addict. That's a fact. In some cases, that's a fact, is it not? Yes or no? That's a fact based on some choices that we can make. That's a fact. But what's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you saying? What's he saying? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're holy and righteous and beloved to the Father. You're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The the spirit of truth is bearing witness on the inside of you, and you've got this war going on. Which is dominant in you? What's the truth? You're going to have to make up your mind and get all in whether or not you believe that the word of God is the truth or not. It either is or it isn't. And so see, when you believe lies about yourself, you're going to act in line with those lies. You will get the results of what you believe on the inside of what is bearing the, the strongest, most dominant witness in the inside of you. Your mind is the gateway into your inner man where the Holy Spirit can live and do his mighty work. But you're the gatekeeper. I said, He's the ga- the, you know, your mind's the gate, but you're the gatekeeper. How are you keeping the gate? What are you allowing to be the most dominant information that comes through your mind? Is there a lens, have you set up a lens of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God by which you process that information that comes into your mind? If not, you're subject to believe lies. If we don't have, everybody say this with me, if I don't have the right lens, I'm going to see it wrong. And remember this, if God's word is true, that the words that have been spoken to us by our Lord are the truth, and if we abide in those words, we will be free then we've gotta make certain that we ask the Holy Spirit to continue to bear a greater voice, a louder voice on the inside of us so that we begin to process that information that comes into our mind. It's the key to your success in walking by the Spirit. Your boss can tell you facts. Your spouse can tell you facts. Your doctor can tell you facts. Your teachers can tell you facts. But are you allowing those facts to become the dominant voice? in? Or it, uh, is, that, is that information right there the voice of lordship? What about the spirit of truth? What's he telling you? When we have things that we have to face, We ask, what are my motives, and where is my mind? When we walk in the truth successfully, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in His voice as He bears witness. I don't know how many countless times, if you're like me, some of my issues come out of bad information because I believe the wrong voice. Whose voice are you believing? We are those gatekeepers. Ask the Lord to, for the favor and the order on the inside and you know you got to invest as a gatekeeper, you've got to invest in the righteous, true voice of the information through worship, through prayer, through the Word of God, through, the, through others of like mind. Um, I, um, I'll tell you this, you're not going to succeed by yourself. If you stay isolated out there, and you walk in darkness and you don't bring your life into the light, you're not going to succeed. You become very attractive to the devil when he sees that you're isolated. You're not going to win. The Lord designed for us to walk in the light, and it's God's design that we need one another to walk successfully in this journey there are no isolated wonders somebody should have said amen right there three of us it's true well my, what are my motives what where's my mind and when there's disorder where's my mouth we got motives, we got mind, but we got to keep it in an M. So, what about our mouth, right? It's an M because it's true. Did you know that your mouth is designed by God to work in line with your heart, with your spirit, man? Romans 10 says it like this: You didn't even get saved without you said something. No, you didn't. Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your The Lord Jesus, and believe in your, that God raised him from the dead, then you will be, for with the heart you believe, resulting in right standing with God. And with the mouth, confession is made, leading to your salvation and wholeness. Your mouth and your heart are linked together. God made it that way. So if my mouth is not lining up with the voice of the, uh, of the spirit of truth in me, if my mouth is not lining up with what God says is the truth, when I begin to believe things that are not true, then you can see how that would make, make everything get out of order and out of line. The psalmist says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 4 now. We're getting toward the end. Bear with me. Ephesians 4. And I want us to see something here that, you know, I hear very few messages taught and preached on this. But uh, it's a pretty sobering message here. Ephesians 4. And uh, let's begin here with verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, let him work, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. See, you don't work for a living, you work for a giving. How about that? Let no, verse 29, let no corrupt word Proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt means twisted or out of line with the truth. Rotten. But what is good and necessary for edification, for building up somebody? That, wow, that your words may impart grace to those who hear your words. Man, let, now look, let's do that again. Do not let corrupt, out of order words proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and for necessary edification, building up, that it may impart grace, God's favor and ability to those who hear. Did you know that your words are agents, agents of edification and grace? God has designed that what comes out of your mouth has the power to be an agent of building somebody up and showing them the favor and the, and, the, and the ability of God. Wow. It's powerful. Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death's in the power of the tongue. Did you know you can kill somebody's joy just like that? You can kill somebody's self-esteem just like that. But you can also build somebody just like that. You're a blessing to me. You've made a difference in my life. I love you. I always will. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Deuteronomy says, choose life. It's a choice. It is an agent of God's grace, of edification, of building up. Jesus said it like this. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. Whatever you continually put in your heart is what's eventually going to come out of your mouth. Matthew And then what did he say? By your words, you're going to be justified, and by your words, you're going to be condemned. Because your words are going to identify where your heart is. Is that a sobering passage or what? Wow. What a powerful opportunity we have. God told Joshua when he gave him something that was way too big for Joshua, he said, here's what I want you to do. Don't let my word depart. Don't let it keep from coming out of your mouth. Keep speaking my word. Meditate on it day and night and be careful to do it, and then you'll have great success. Joshua 1.8. Jesus said it like this, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says takes place, he will have what he says. Your words are powerful. Are they lined up with the spirit of truth? Are they lined up with what God says is the truth? There are going to be stuff you're not ever going to understand this side of heaven. But I want to tell you something, you've got a lot of information that you do understand and you just stick with that. And God's word will do mighty things that you can't do. Mighty things. Well, three powerful self-tests when things are out of order. What are my motives? Where's my mind? And what's coming out of my mouth? Let's take a moment and pray. Let's just bow our heads. I want you to reflect on this for just a moment. Would you ask the Lord to give you revelation of whatever it is that He wanted you to receive today from the Word of God? Would you ask the Lord to grant you the grace to want to hear the voice of the Spirit of truth more than the voice of your own brain or even the voice of the evil one? Would you ask the Lord to reveal to you motives, mind or mouth, are out of line with what He wants to do. And Then just yield it to Him, yield your motives, your mind, your words, yield it to Him. Ask Him to let you know when you're not cooperating fully. Tell Him you'll gladly receive correction. And by His grace, you'll get back in line with the truth. Father, thank You that You don't leave us when we're in times of adversity and things are out of order thank you that when we're being stretched, it's not because you're angry, but it's because we are given an opportunity for the greater to learn to trust you at a deeper level, to know your heart, to know your mind, to see your hand. Pray for everybody today, God, in the sound of my voice across this room and across this world, that you would do a deep and mighty work. Speak to them in the depths of their being by your Holy Spirit. Tell them the truth and give them the grace to abide in that truth they may walk in freedom Lord, for all of those that we love, please bear a deep and strong witness in them of the truth. Bring them to the knowledge of the truth. We bless you, O God. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. In the name of your wonderful Son, our Lord Jesus Christ all the people said good to be back with you we'll see you next week go with god he's going with you you can access more of steve franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com